0: Punch, Manchester City is still alive here. Rotelli, Aguero! Oh! I swear you will never see anything like this ever again! Sleep, so walk away, your life, if that turns you well. It's are in the moment, look away in the sky. It's about time.
1: Okay, welcome everybody to the Bolt from the Blue podcast. Burton Albion Zero, Manchester City One. Sergio Aguero on the 26th minute. And today in the virtual Skype studio, I have my friend David Gregory. David, how are you? I'm very, very well. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Worned up after yesterday? Yeah, it was a bit cold, eh? I'll say. We we could
2: see in the uh, half-time break, see more and more ice crystals forming on the ground, on the (laughs) grass, because there's no no under-soil heating at this. A nice, tidy little stadium, but... uh... Brian, it was called.
1: Well, David, no repeat of the scoreline from the first leg, but of course, that's because City were playing a very interesting lineup. I'm just going to remind people of this lineup. So we have Neurich and Go, Danilo at right back, Sandler and Garcia. Brand new, shiny new centre-back partnership, Zinchenko at left-back. Then our midfield three was Foden, De Bruyne and Delph. And up front, Mares, Aguero, surprisingly, and... Veda Ocampo a guy I'd never even heard of before what did he look like to you David considering
2: that he was up against um, a guy called Aikens Luke Aikens he did extremely well it was a, a dreadful mismatch it's like a featherweight climbing in the ring with a heavyweight but he showed a lot of nice touches one particular one in the second half where sort of deep into our own half and he just spun on the ball sent it in front of him and chased it down the wing uh, again potential but potential as we know is only ever as good as it's realised uh, Um a lot changes in these lads between sort of 18 to 21 years of age. And mm-hmm. Quite often the brilliant 17, 18 year old doesn't make the grade but it, it is encouraging to see young lads of that sort of quality coming mm-hmm. through our youth ranks and you know, yeah. if you if you got one or two a year, that would be incredible that, mm-hmm. that we're able to graduate and, and make the grade because you know, as I say, a lot changes and there's a lot of them. I mean, If you imagine you've got a, a, a team, a youth team up, say under 21 level every year because you've got 11 lads or more coming up year on year on year so it's you know it's a, the top of the pyramid is a very very tough climb for these
1: lads mm-hmm. David if I could have asked you before the game to try to predict the lineup, how many of these would you have got right well Zinchenko
2: um, Kevin because he just need to get some um, some more game time it's that it's that sharpness and yeah, Hank I was talking to a chap in, uh, in the ground and he a hanker back for the central league days when player coming back to fitness could play in a central league side against grown-ups if you like and uh, then they'd get the match sharpness before they got back into the first team as it is you've got to slowly work them in the evidence of the pass for the for the one goal suggests that he's getting very very close to that killer ball status that we know him loving for mm-hmm. uh, but a, a tough a tough night for everybody I think it, the, the conditions Burton were very determined not to be ashamed of themselves at them. and there was nothing to be ashamed of in the first leg but they were very very sort of keen not to have a thumping on their own ground in of their own fans which I thoroughly go along with and they played
1: very very well a very spirited performance mm-hmm. some good players for those who've never been there perhaps you could just Describe what it's like. What's Burton's Ground like, and how was the crowd and the atmosphere and everything? It's a very neat little stadium. I'm not sure how old it is, but it's
2: an, it's a newish one. It's not, a, not an old-style stadium. The television makes these places look much bigger than they actually are. Sort of single-tier all the way around. Probably no more than 20, maybe 25 rows of seats. Uh, on the stand to our left, where we were attacking in that direction, that was seated with some exec boxes in there as well. But uh, and a, a, what appeared to be a restaurant on the higher level, which uh, was lots of people in there. But a, a very nice stadium, and the, the, the stewards were all very, very nice, very helpful, uh, very pleasant. And not seeing it at the Etihad, and certainly not in the gates that we use. But ladies searching the ladies. Keep you with me there? Please. Yeah. Which, uh, pat, the the pat-down was done by ladies on ladies, which I thought was a nice touch. It was great, because we were with all the City fans, and the City fans uh, singing the little arts out, you don't really hear the opposition fans. I, I, I Watching it back on the TV, I, I did hear them, you, you were able to, but microphones dotted around didn't pick up um, as much of the City singing as there actually was, uh, mm-hmm. but... Uh, and I'd say the, the away support are a breather apart. You know, the, the absolute bonkers, most of them, and there to enjoy themselves. And despite the cold, everybody was having a good time.
1: Yeah, so I'm counting, let me see, was that three or four senior players, really? If we count Zinchenko, De Bruyne, Delph Mares, Aguero, and then the rest of it, a fairly youthful lineup. Let's talk about the first half a little bit, uh, David. How did How did the first half begin to unfold? with all of these youngsters on the pitch. How did the first half begin to unfold for you? It was very
2: similar to, I mean, it's the way we play. We play out from the back. And that's that's how we, we we actually played, built up from the back. Some of the balls were a little bit hurried, but you've also when when the ground is rock hard like that, then you, where you sometimes you rely on the grass to slow a pass down. It wasn't happening; the pass would skid on. But it's the same for both sides. The with our sort of ball skills, it would hamper us a little bit getting to. And it takes as you're getting used to them. The 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 actual state of the pitch. Bear in mind the pitch is. Is deteriorating all the time if the game had started or was due to start say an hour later it, it wouldn't have started because the ground would have been deemed to be too dangerous to play on but say it was it was a tough ask i mean you could see if you watch it on the tv you can see the the steam coming out of the lads uh, mouths or everybody's and when it's that cold when you're breathing in it has to have an impact on your chest because you're breathing in real cold air into your, your respiratory system so To actually come away with a result, Uh, and I didn't really want that. I didn't want them to score, but it wouldn't have broke my heart if they had. Um, and they tried very, very hard. and above all they were you know they, they were quick into the tackle, they were sharp into the tackle, but they were very clean into the tackle as well. There was no no horrible sort of crunchy let's try and hurt somebody tackles. So, so the uh,
1: real credit to their club. Right. That was uh, City's youngest 11 in over a decade I've been reading with eight changes from uh, the win over Huddersfield. We'll get on to the goal. We've only got one goal to talk about, of course, but as the first half's unfolding, is anyone standing out to you? Is anyone prominent or... Well, on either side, really, as we're building up to the go? Well, throughout,
2: I was very impressed with uh, Sandler. Okay. I thought it was it had a very, very, very impressive game. I forged a good partnership with uh, Eric Garcia. And we've seen more of Eric Garcia, so we know what to expect a little bit. And Garcia reads the game. But there were a number of occasions where it put me in mind of the old Keith Curl days, when he always seemed to be where he was needed.
0: Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And
2: that's how I felt Sandler performed form you know, it, nothing flashy just capable assured get in there take the foot and a couple of times sort of under pressure very very cool play the ball out of the danger area move it on He did have one horrendous slip which under the conditions i'm surprised you know not more people uh, slipped but that led to a their most decent shot at a target which um garcia cleared off the line but I, I was very, very impressed with him.
1: Mm-hmm. And, of course, we had uh, another look at Phil Foden. How was he looking? Uh, usual? Was it his usual assured self? Sparkling? No, I think he did very well. I, you, you have to, in any
2: of these games, and looking back at the last two league games, you can only play what's in front of you. And part of the opposition's job is to stop you from playing. And that's what they tried to do. They, they worked extremely hard, covered an awful lot of ground to try to destroy disrupt what we were doing. Phil Foden uh, was very, it was a, quite a robust tackle from him um, on one of their players, which uh, sort of sandwiched him. He sort of tackled him with his right leg and then brought his left leg in, which he was fortunate in a way not to actually be booked for that because it could have been deemed to be a bookable. No more than that, but a bookable challenge. But uh, Kevin Friend kept his notebook in his pocket. So it was a A good performance. I think we can sometimes get too picky and too critical of players. I I was surprised to see that Andy Hinchcliffe on the TV gave Mares the Man of the Match award. Mm -hmm. Um, BBC didn't agree with that, but Mares's best work was done farthest away where we were Mm -hmm. Uh, in the second half. He didn't do a great deal, but I think he still, for him, it's it's a it's a tough transition playing the way he is meant to play other than the way he would like to play. And I think that's he's still making that transition. I, I, I have every confidence that he will be a major asset to us. But again, the conditions that they were playing in did have to take a, a big role and a big factor in what we saw. Um, we did what we needed to do. We kept out of trouble. Really, you can't ask for too much. We, we get spoiled when we see the quality of the players and I think we, sometimes we, we
1: need to be a bit more realistic as well instead of having a go. Just uh, interesting on that point, David, about Riyad Mahrez. Uh, how would you characterise the way that he used to play for Leicester as opposed to what he's being asked to do in Pep's system?
2: Well, for Leicester, he was everywhere. He, he was all over the place. And he was the main man. And quite often, I mean, throughout my following football, you know, there have been players who could do no wrong. And there are also been players who could do no right. I'm worried that Mares might be put somewhere in that bracket because I'm hearing a lot of people critical of him. Where he need, we need to be supportive of our players, not critical of our players. That doesn't mean to say you give him a pass. But when he is, he's on the right-hand side, that's where he's supposed to stay. So he's not going to be wandering. He had two what were very good shots. But again, the conditions... The ball does behave itself. It's actually a different ball to a Premier League ball in that competition. But where he would have sort of had it curling into the top corner, it didn't do that. And mm-hmm. that's not always his fault, you know. And as I say, by the time you adjust to the conditions that you're playing in, or you have been playing in for the last 10 minutes, the conditions have changed again because the temperature was dropping all the time and the pitch was crisping up. It was um, covered till an hour before the kickoff and obviously under those conditions it's not watered otherwise it turn into an ice rink it was a very very crispy ground to play on and that has to have an impact on particularly the you know the the people when they can manipulate a ball as he can He's, you know he can bring it down with the, the softest touch and and
1: you have to take
2: conditions into consideration mm. i certainly wouldn't want to be running around out
1: there <laughs> right and also good to see uh, de bruyne get some more minutes in there probably about- 60 minutes before he was substituted, apparently playing in in quite a deep midfield role. And of course, both he and uh, the person we were talking about, Maris, were involved in City's goal. Could you talk me through that? How did that goal build up? And if you could just describe that for us? Yeah, well, Kevin was,
2: as you say, was a bit deeper. Um, I'd heard it referred to as the bottom of the diamond, but he actually had players around him when he took possession of the ball and it, it was really rewarding to see. It was that killer pass that we'd, we know and love him for. Uh, straight into Mares's path where Mares could really just have the time and the space to do what he needed to do. His was an excellent ball to Sergio uh, when Sergio then could if you take the touch, certainly in the Premier League, you take the touch to steady yourself, the chance is gone. Um, and it was, it was literally passed into the bottom left-hand corner of the goal by Sergio. I mean, it, it, it wasn't, a, wasn't a thunderous shot. It was just a very, very well-taken goal. I thought it might open the floodgates Obviously it wasn't going to um, But say it's uh, a very, very well-worked goal And the three most senior players uh, Were the ones responsible for it It Was Kevin's ball to break the defence And Mares' ball to Sergio Which uh, allowed him to
1: perform his magic Absolutely, he's on target again I'm glad to see it I'm um, just looking at the BBC report, David. It says that Murich looked shaky on more than one occasion. Of course kept the the clean sheet, but uh, is that how you saw it? Did you feel that he was um, a bit shaky, lacking confidence?
2: No, no, so. Not certainly not lacking confidence. Uh, there was um, only really one in the first half, because obviously he was right in front of us at that point. Uh, that was he. I think he'd taken his eye off the ball as the ball was passed to him and it didn't go under his foot but it did go further away than he'd intended but he just got straight onto it and cleared it I was stood right behind him and I said clever dummy son well done I don't (laughs) think that was his intention (laughs) but it it, it happens you know and again as I said before you've got to take the conditions you're playing in in, into consideration he pulled off uh, you know in the second half he got down very sharply to to, um, some balls and the lat- latter end of the first half he was off his line very quickly to clear a problem so no I, that Shaky does not give him the credit that he deserves he's, he's a very very assured young man and when you consider that you know, he, he was brought back after Bravo's
1: injury he's, mm-hmm. he's done exceptionally well for us mm-hmm. Bravo's a man who seems to be recovering now from uh, his injury I think he's uh, not too far from uh, coming back how did Burton respond to the goal you mentioned of course that they were determined not to be on the end of another hiding but that goal was on the 26th minute was there any danger of an equaliser from them how did they respond to that
2: well the, uh, the, I don't think there was any difference in by way of response I think they were trying to, to the best of their ability Anyway They had a A lad I remember him From Sheffield United He played for she- Sheffield United And then he played for Hull Against Sheffield United In an FA Cup semi-final A lad called Stephen Quinn Who they took off early In the second half But he was quite lively Templeton uh, Had a bit, bit more of the game But they lost Uh, one of their key central defenders um, not long after the goal. Mm -hmm. So they've had to reorganise a little bit in that respect. But we tend to think that uh, when a team, and I'm not suggesting that's how they set out, but when when a team is set out for defending, when they concede a goal, you expect them to change their mindset but they don't. Wolves didn't. And Huddersfield didn't. It's, it's like, if we stay in this and, and we can keep it to 1-0, there's every likelihood that in the last 10 minutes, I think last season, uh, Newcastle did it at, at their place. You know, that Raheem mm-hmm. Sterling scored a goal. And then for the last 20 minutes, they were all over us and, and really threatening. And you think, well, if you'd played like that at the beginning of the game, maybe you'd stand a better chance. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's, it's like deliberately not try until the last 10 minutes and then throw everything at you in the hope of gaining something from the game. Seems a strange to me. I mean, I mean, I'm not certainly no manager, uh, but it seems a strange way of approaching it to me. But, but Burton stuck to the task. All the way through. And I think the task was, yeah, it would be lovely if we could get a goal, but let's make sure
1: we give our fans something to cheer about. And I believe they did. Just coming into the second half, some interesting substitutions were made. 63rd minute, Benjamin Mendy comes on for De Bruyne. And uh, that would have been a good chance, a great chance, actually, for you to get a a look at him. How did he make out? How did he look to you, David?
2: Very, very good Look, look red hot keen to get stuck in I, I don't have any problems with Mendy's attacking And we have actually missed those stunning crosses That he's he's made big part of his game And I'm really looking forward to that element of his play His ability to defend still worries me um, yeah. And w- last night, I don't think there was that much uh, That he had to concern himself with So he could come forward um, There were some nice, neat touches from him You know, bags of energy so uh, hopefully, and, and again, I, I do concern, I mean, Kevin has a concern in the, in the back of your mind. I think when you've had bad injuries, the, uh, it takes a long while to get yourself, I'm sure, to get yourself mentally in the state where I'm okay. Because you, you worry, I mean, particularly with Kevin's case and, and Ben, two very, very nasty injuries, two lengthy layoffs. And it must be awful when everything else, everybody else is out there, you know, playing and you're stuck. Quite often, you're not on your own these days, but just the training staff working yourself as hard as you possibly can. So, fingers crossed, we'll see Ben uh, back to the Ben we know and love
1: Mm -hmm. without without the social media. Absolutely, he's been a bit quiet on that front. But of course, that was a double substitution because at the same time, off came Aguero and on came Gabriel Jesus. Was it his typical hard-working performance?
2: Yeah, it was, a, it was a bit unfortunate when there was a ball played through to him which clipped his heel. And again, you, you're moving on to the ball, so it's not like you should have got out of the way. Just a bit unfortunate, it clipped his heel instead of running into the position where he was anticipating it would end up. But again, very industrious, couple of efforts and a couple of cracks. Typical Gabby, and I think we also got to consider with him, he is a young man. His best years are well ahead of him. Um, I think we expect sometimes too much. He's, he's a natural Predator, And there were not that many really clear-cut opportunities because they were working their little cotton socks off to, to stop that.
1: And uh, one thing we talked about off-air was uh, the big surprise of the night, which was a player called Povedo Ocampo. Tell me what you thought of, of this guy. I, th- I thought he did some good work.
2: There was a dreadful mismatch in terms of um, the size of the defender he was up against most of the times. So i I'd call Luke Aikins who uh-huh. in the first leg uh, played on the left wing. Um, and last night he was... Uh, on the right of their defence. So that was the, you know, Ian was up against him. But he did very well. Must be nerve-wrenching to be making your debut in a team like this. I don't think, he certainly didn't let himself down. And from what I saw, I think the kid has every chance, but then they all do. You know, the potential is a word often sort of not realized I mean if you can think back to some of the young lads we've seen over the years have you know, potential to do this potential to do that so much changes in the you know between their 18 to 21 and we don't really know what they're going to be doing until they get to the early 20s I hadn't realized until reading up on him um, Sandler is actually 21 Philip Sandler so he's got a couple of years more experience on uh, certainly on Eric Garcia and um, you know they need to be encouraged, but they also need to be managed effectively and not Sort of pushed too hard. I think we'll see the benefits of, of, say, the management of Phil Foden in years to come. Because when he does break in the team and he's a first team regular, he'll be there for a long, long time. And it can be damaging to, to these youngsters if they have a nightmare game or they they get a, a nasty injury. And when you're playing against you know grown men, which is what they're, I mean, they're, they're a couple of leagues lower, but they're still professionals. There's there's a lot of experience in that side. You know they had some youngsters as well, to be fair. There's a lot of experienced players, and you know, they were the, the back line, their, their back row central defenders were all big, big units.
1: Mm-hmm. which can do you a lot of damage if you've got a nasty tackle in there and someone else we also managed to get a look at on just about four minutes later Zinchenko was taken off and on comes Nemecha now this is Felix Nemecha his brother obviously is out on loan and uh, what did this guy look like to you?
2: I was very impressed with him as soon as he got the ball he's off He's there's a lot of a lot of pace in there a lot of good ball control again okay, okay. back, back to the same thing you know you, you're trying to think ahead where could this lad go? You know, but you know his attitude was right, his approach was right. A little bit more look. There was a challenge by a, a, the lad that came through their academy, Burton Academy. He was the lad that had that, the opportunity to score the equaliser in the first leg. He put a very meaty challenge onto Felix and. Perhaps the suggest a penalty would have been a bit harsh, but for me, a shoulder in your back um, mm. is a foul. Uh, shoulder to shoulder—that's the those should, you know fair enough. But it, it wasn't really shoulder to shoulder because Felix had got on the ball side of him, so he couldn't sort of shoulder to shoulder. But last him, he was straight up. He you know made a mini appeal and got straight up and got on with it. And VAR decided it uh, wasn't. So who am I to say?
1: On the last podcast. Uh, Walter was espousing the theory that that he thought that uh, Kyle Walker would get a run out in this game because, according to Walter, he needs to play through this bad patch. But he wasn't selected. Danilo was. A lot of people on Twitter, anyway, beginning to say that Danilo is going to be... The, uh, the first choice right back for City going forward what do you think about that It could very well be he's, he didn't do anything to disgrace himself he had
2: a decent effort in the second half which the keeper put over the top I have always been impressed with Danilo he's, he's kind of a, a thorough professional gets on and does his work and the competition for that spot will bring the best out of Kyle Walker I wouldn't write Kyle off by any means um but it's useful to have that utility type of player because we don't know where, where it's going to go. How does the season unfold? Hopefully, you know, we've had the worst of our injuries. Uh, and we can get people back and people playing, you know, in the, the roles that we know them for uh, and start seeing the, the rest of the results going the way we would hope.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you think's going on with Walker? Because there are no fitness issues that we know about. We know that he did have one particular stinker of a game, made two or three errors and uh, was, uh, was dropped by uh, Guardiola. Doesn't seem to have. He's had a couple of games uh, since then. But uh, what do you think it is, David? Crisis of confidence? No, I don't think so. Sometimes it's the timing of the tackle that is just a
2: little bit off. It looks a lot worse than it actually is, mm-hmm. but it can lead to a booking and it can lead to a free kick, which obviously the last thing we want to be doing is giving away cheap free kicks close to our penalty area. That's That goes back two or three years when we'd see that on a regular basis with uh, Pablo, bless him. So he, he's got to get that out of his game. He's got to time his tackles. But he's a very, very experienced player. He's long, you know, He's been in the game a long time. And I think he doesn't need... Any any fan telling him you know what he needs to be doing. I think he's very well aware. Uh, he's got the best coach in the world giving him all the advice that he needs. If it is a crisis of confidence, I'm pretty sure he'll come through it. But I also think players have other players they prefer to play with. You know, it, it, he might be more comfortable with John Stones alongside of him, for mm-hmm. example. And therefore, you know, if if you're trying to compensate for, for a, another player, maybe that's that's part of it. It but Fabian, he's uh, you know, again, you've got to look at some of the tackling that he does. He he was very rash in in the first half with a challenge on one of their players, which I thought, you know, you. You shouldn't open the door for a reference Thankfully, the referee was, you know, Kevin Friend, who was a friend to a lot of players, because that that could easily have been a booking for that challenge. Because fairly robust, because he he let the ball go. He stretched for a ball and didn't reach it, and the player was away. And he, he then tried to redeem himself from that mistake. Very very Wiganish to me the way he dived in, and, and that sort of, sort of stuff. You've got to get out of their games, but rush sudden rush your blood. You know, I've, I've dropped a clangor here. I need to get myself out. of this trouble or in in the I, I don't worry about Kyle Walker I think he's had his nightmare and it wouldn't surprise me if he's back ready for Burnley but Danilo is a more than capable substitution
1: absolutely especially on the right do you feel that Danilo can do a job on the left he
2: could but it's, it's not it's not it's natural He's, he's because he's right footed it always worries me when you put right footers over on the left defensive sector yeah Um, because it's it's not the natural and they're more likely to put a ball out of play instead of a, a killer ball down the line it's more likely to go out because it's not your natural foot you're playing the pass with so it's uh, uh, and the same with central defenders you know, you want a, a left footer on the left and a right footer on the right uh, and that's, sometimes that's why they're pairing the way you do you think well why are you playing him You know, because I want I, you know, I want Laporte in my side and I can't have the other one who plays in a similar way because it, it certainly centre-backs is a partnership as, as strikers used to be in the good old days yeah. Toshak and Keegan and now
1: everybody plays one and that one has to work his
2: little belt to death
1: City so were criticised in the last game or two for a lack of intensity did you feel that um, in that second half City were quite comfortable to sit on their one goal lead Uh, was there a particular urgency to add to the score sheet do you feel I don't think they sat on it
2: I think they tried to get a second goal without overextending yourself and again like i've said you know you've got to take the conditions into play and and in the last two games you know take the the wolves game where they come with a determination to defend you know we we have to work that out which we did if a team is determined to stop you from playing to do everything they possibly can to stop you from playing and that in in the certainly in the premier league the lesson that from Rotherham and Burton coming to us, they played superbly well uh, in in the right spirit. You would have expected perhaps a lower league side to come and and try to clog you. We saw that in Wolves, where there was clogging, and and I don't mean the tackle from Bolly. There was a lot of foots getting left in.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, uh, and I, you know, I think back to the Danny Murphy comments. You know, the only way to beat City is to get into them, get stuck into them. Mm-hmm. Are actually encouraging people to go out and, and damage? professional players, mm-hmm. which annoys the living daylights out of me. And the Huddersfield one, you know, the, the, you're know, playing on a pitch reminiscent of the uh, the Tottenham, game, mm-hmm. the, the American football, they play, they play rugby on that pitch. It was a free hit for, for, for them, Huddersfield, you know, if we get something out of this game, it's a bonus.
1: Well, David, I was just about to say, we're just about on the cusp of finding out who our opponents are going to be. The Chelsea Spurs game, it finished... 2-1 to Chelsea. That makes it 2-2 on aggregate. They're having a penalty shootout right now. And All right. Uh, Yes, and uh, I can uh, uh, let you know that Ericsson scored the first penalty for Spurs. Willian leveled it. Lamella made it uh, 2-1 to Tottenham. Azpilicueta 2-2. And Dyer has just put one over the bar. So... Okay, we're... I can...
2: <sighs> I can see Jorginho shaping up now. It's on, it's on without sound over
1: in the corner. We're going to keep everybody so it's up to date here, guys. Yeah, cheeky. Would you have a preference for either of these two? I mean, I remember I, Wal- I, Wal- Walter saying he wanted revenge for 1981. <laughs> he won- that's why he wanted Spurs. <laughs> but with Spurs not having
2: the players available, that would make it more of a contest. Gotta say they would. With Ali doing his hamstring; he's going to be out for that game. But I don't think either of them should worry us. As a preference, I'd say I'd, I'd prefer Spurs, but it doesn't look like they have. Somebody shaping up now. This is Mora, I think. He's yeah. Put it away. Georgino um, has. Jorginho put his his one in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cheekily. So, but they've uh, no, he's, no, he missed it. He missed it. Oh did he? Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Not no no dot Jorginho. Mora. Lucas Moura missed yeah. it. That would make yeah. it 4-2-2 four, yeah. four, four, two, two Chelsea so far, wouldn't
2: it? Uh, if they score the next one, it's, if Chelsea score now, it's it's all over. They'd have to miss. They'd have to miss their last. Well, the, whatever they've got left, Chelsea. So it's um, sideshow Bob stepping up to take <laughs> the, uh, the last one. So he scores this, and it's Chelsea. We'll meet. which okay. we will. It's done, and that's um, it. Yeah, Chelsea. D- they've got an issue with scoring goals. Um, d- depends what what mood Eddie. Hazard is in on the day, I suppose, because he he can either make or break. Well, he is make or break for them. If he doesn't play well, they don't.
1: I was different from Walter. I mean, he wanted Spurs, but I wanted Chelsea because I wanted revenge for that 2-0 defeat that sort of sparked our mini wobble in in December. But the FM, Chelsea actually... They're not maybe quite to be feared, as people might think. There's a lot going on in the background there. Sari showing the first signs of discontent with his board. Obviously, he's got his way with Higuain joining, but a very damaging 2-0 loss to Arsenal. All is not well there at Chelsea. Sari has got Chelsea. They're a very stop-start team, aren't they? They're so blow-hot and cold, don't they?
2: I'm not altogether sure. I, I, to be fair, I don't watch
1: as much football as I used to.
2: And sometimes, when yeah, I, I, my as you get older, your tolerance levels go down. And there are players like Hazard. He annoys the living daylights like out of I me, mean, not from his playing, but from his attitude. Mm. I remember when before he went to Chelsea. Oh, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to Manchester, but I'm not in a position to say whether it's red or blue. And I'm thinking, sod off! <laughs> I don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Whoever begs me the most He's doing that now With Real Madrid He's not saying I'm not going And he's not saying I'm going mm-hmm. um, And I can understand A manager Getting a bit annoyed um, <coughs> And saying You know I, I don't know What else I do I, I don't know How to motivate These people Any manager at Chelsea Knows he's only got A one year Maximum two year Contract Anyway doesn't he? Oh, he, well, He'll have a longer Contract But he won't so we will never See it out And mm-hmm. um, and again, of course, Jorginho pushing... Well, not Jorginho himself, but the, the way playing Jorginho, pushing Kante out of his natural position, which seems, seems an odd mix. To me.
1: It It does, and, and, and this is going to heat pressure, of course, on Pochettino, isn't it? Because they've got a reputation for bottling it. He he hasn't won anything, and this was a great opportunity for them to get into a final, and yeah, yeah. and they've they've gone and they've gone and spursed it up again. So I mean, they're going to. The only the only ramifications of 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 this could be that uh, Pochettino maybe. He might be off, end of the season, possibly to Real Madrid, possibly to Manchester United, but yeah, that's that's Chelsea against Manchester City in the final. You'll be going, David, of course, won't
2: you? Uh, well, I hope so. We've, um, we're we're put in for tickets through the supporters club and you know the last three times we've been successful but I don't book a hotel or sort out my parking or anything like that until I definitely know we've got the tickets (laughs) and we should find out soon. yeah we'd love to go and uh, it's uh, it's a one-off it's one of those I mean I don't think that many city fans we travel we still travel in hope rather than expectation because <laughs> so, uh-huh. so, at the end of the day it's city but it's a, it's a smashing day out it just i, I just wish that the kickoff time was a bit earlier i don't a you know even on a saturday it's it's like it's a major trophy and it's you know the the tv companies treat it with a lack of respect I mean it would be a 4.30ish kickoff in London so it's all of our fans then getting home very very late on the day before they have to go back to work so there's, there's just no with with the TV companies there's no um, consideration for, for and, and, and the same people ironically complain about empty stadiums and make <laughs> you know the, but there was a, a lovely one it didn't pick it up on the, uh, the the microphones but the song that they were singing was uh, Empty Seats Are Us yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Last night, I thought that was a, a typical. Typical city, it's, you know. Let's let's make a joke out of this because that seems to be that that all they want to do. They can't talk about us as a football team. They'll talk about our stadium.
1: Well, no such lack of confidence, uh, From Walter, I I can exclusively reveal that he booked his um his hotel and 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 everything as soon as he found out we got Burton. So I think that shows a lack of respect on Walter's part. But uh well, not, not at
2: all. If if he knows he's going to get a ticket, it's it's not it's not the the sort of expectation of, of the result uh, yeah. it's you know I don't want to go to London if I've not got a reason for going I mean. Yeah. so I suppose you, you can cancel hotels if you book them in the right way uh-huh. but I'll say we generally drive just drive down on the day because it's a bit closer for us uh, mm-hmm. coming from Sheffield. it's a couple of hours down to the bottom of the motorway and mm-hmm. park up in Stanmore
1: Do you subscribe to the theory that it's great to win the League Cup because it's very early on in the season. Some people think that just having that silverware in your your hands at an early stage really spurs you on, gives you almost like second wind as we come into the closing uh, part of the season. Or do you subscribe to the view that City, being in both of these cup competitions, actually gives Liverpool a bit of advantage? Where do you stand on all of this? I want to stay in the competitions as long as I possibly can.
2: If forced to choose... I would choose the Premier League in a priority. But we've got the squad depth to be able, as we showed yesterday, we've got the squad depth to be able to manage the two cup competitions like this. One of them is nearly over. But that, again, it's the the media more than anything, you know, that... A trophyless campaign for Pep Guardiola in 2016-17 it was its first time he's, he's not won a trophy. So to actually get a trophy sorted out by the end of February takes all potential away and it is it's a Mickey Mouse cup when you're not in it anymore yeah yeah uh, now now you can say well okay Liverpool have got a weekend um they could I don't know what they've done I couldn't really care less whether they go away somewhere and have some warm weather training but a player would prefer to play than train. And sometimes when you're not playing, as they're not going to be doing until the middle of next week, so they've got you know, had a 10-day break where we've played three games uh, as a club. Not, not None of our players will have played all those three games, I have to say. I've, the players... When you're, in, when you're playing this regularly, the training sessions are all just warm down and, you know, check-up sessions. It's, it's not heavy tactics or anything like that. that. That's done much, much earlier in the season. And as I said a minute ago, every player, every professional player wants to play football. Mm-hmm. You know, training is part and parcel of that. Uh, and if you remember, not with our club in recent years, but sometimes you get a new manager and it's a new training regime and he wants them back, you know, that we're training morning and afternoon and then you're getting people mumping in the camp, not well, training in the afternoon, you know, we do our training in the morning. Um, so it, it backs up that idea, you play. Um, so, you know, that, that was the short answer, actually. <laughs> but I, I would say I, I want to stay in the competitions as long as we possibly can. And I think I'm pretty sure Pep feels the same way because he, he treats them with respect, as he treated Burton with respect, by playing the, the you know, senior players. Because as a Burton fan last night, I would have wanted to see Kevin De Bruyne and Sergio Aguero on my Football pitch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'd have, I'd, I'd have been very disappointed from a Bert, Bert, as a Burton fan not to see top quality
1: players. On the subject of the Burton game, do you think that we have uh, said everything that has to be said about that game? Yeah, there's a danger that
2: we overanalyze. I mean, personally, I don't do social media. Uh, I'd probably be banned from it from from (laughs) ripping people's heads off. Um, But I'm aware of it because Etta thoroughly enjoys it, and quite often she's you know she feed me that this you know somebody's having a go about it. And it's only my personal view, but I I believe that we have a very very simple job, Mm -hmm. Um, and that is that is to be a supporter. And I I I feel like saying to a lot of these guys, you know. Are you a supporter? Yeah, I'm a supporter. I've been a supporter for 30 30 years or so. I said, right, well, bloody support then. (laughs) Uh, I'm hot. Hopping on social media and slagging off anybody mm. isn't supportive. Mm. Uh, you know, it's it's a very simple job. We are privileged to be watching the quality of players that we've got playing for our club. Um, we i mean been spoiled rotten, those of a, a certain age can, can remember back to seeing the likes of Jamie Pollock scoring a stunning goal. Unfortunately, it was in the wrong net. To, to actually see the players that are, we're seeing now is a, is a privilege, and for for our uh, fans that. Don't recall that, or are not old enough to recall that. I think they're spoiled and they need
1: some of the day to grow up. Well, David, that's one final in the bag the one, uh, the League Cup final with uh, Chelsea. And in our next game, we go in search of another one. Now, here's the question. How do you think Sean Dyche is going to to approach that game? They're in a bit of trouble, of course. Would you imagine that he would take this seriously? Or is he going to basically keep his powder dry for the league campaign? I don't think any manager takes these games lightly. So, you know,
2: if there was a media suggestion that he's not taking the game seriously, he'd be very, you know, he'd be very upset by it. I don't believe he'll play his full-strength team. Um, and if he's got a player that, you know, he wants to have a look at, here's an ideal time to do it. I, I don't think Burnley or their fans would be too distressed to go out of the competition at this stage because it's the reality as well. It's the, But sometimes, as is often said, winning is a habit, as is losing. Losing is a bad habit. Winning is a good habit. You've got to say, well, is there a chance that we could actually win this game, and then progress? Probably not. So don't lose too much sleep over it. But we are professionals. I, I mean, I would say quite often. I, I think you know, if if I was a manager, and I don't even do FIFA 2018, so I would hardly qualify as a manager. <laughs> um, if if I, but a team sheet that came out that showed that the the opposition, whoever they are, are playing you know a load of names that you, you'd have to drag up to find out who they are. I'd take that into my team and say, "Look, this is what they think of you mm, you know mm. the, the, they're putting this lad in and they're putting that and the, you know you might have expected to play this player nah, no they're not going to put him' not going to risk him against you and, and that has a way to motivate them, but at the end of the day, they're all professionals, and I don't believe the professionals go out there with the view that it doesn't matter if we lose this
0: mm. and
2: as we often say, it's a funny old game, and, and- you know, you've only got to think back to Crystal Palace. Absolutely. You know, anything... Anything can happen.
1: That's right, of course they, Burnley are sitting in 16th uh, just three uh, points above the drop zone and actually just below them is our final game of January. We're going to be playing Newcastle away, they're actually point below Burnley so we have actually got some nice winnable fixtures to get into the groove for what is going to be a difficult couple of months ahead we've obviously got to face Chelsea and Arsenal and resurgent Manchester United but I feel quite confident going forward, don't you?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, but In both cases, Chelsea and Arsenal, they don't travel well,
1: um, which is unusual for, for
2: both of those teams. I, I I can only see, you know, wins, home wins against those two. Newcastle, it really depends on which Newcastle turns up. Rondon is a handful. I mean, he's hardly prolific, but he can cause a lot of damage, people spinning off. But again, I don't, I don't really see us having that much. It's not going to be a, a walk in the park but I think Newcastle's predicament is of their own making. As a club, you know, they, they, you've got a, a very good manager who needs to be supportive and I think he'll take his bat and ball at the end of the season and, and move on to somewhere else. And maybe even
1: Newcastle going back
2: down, don't know.
1: Just, just to finish off with David, um, just a quick reflection about that game between Liverpool and Palace. Now, of course, you know they're a very stingy, mean defence one thing that no one anticipated was Crystal Palace sticking three past them. You think it's sweaty palm time for Liverpool, beginning to um, feel the pressure, conceding three goals to Crystal Palace? You'd never have uh, you never predicted that in a million years, would you? No, no, they, they, they've. They've had some I
2: mean it takes Part and parcel of, of actually being Successful when you Can grind out a result And that's what They've done The last few games Is ground out results The pressure Will eventually tell and, and I want I want them to Start talking Like Jonathan Pierce Did on Match of the Day You know as though They've already won it You don't have to go Back that many years to that you know They were going to be The people's champions And what a Wonderfully fitting Thing for Stephen Gerrard's Marvellous career To be crowned with a Premier League title <laughs> and they blew it you know, uh-huh. and it's our advantage is we've we've been there and done that they haven't and i think they've got wobbles still to come when the referees start waking up and ignore the instructions that they've been given and actually book Salah for some of his dives Mm -hmm. or not give penalties for some of his dives I mean he's a unique physical specimen because if you pull his arm his legs shoot out so and and whether that's a carry on from the Ramos when he tried to pull his arm off I don't know (laughs) uh, how how you can in, in a weekend see Salah perform like he did and I mean I don't I think the second goal I mean the the referee's watch has got to tell him whether it's gone in or not and I say I don't spend too much time analysing their games because I couldn't really care less and I'm with Pep you know stop, stop worrying about Liverpool focus on what you've got to do but to to actually see that the tackle on Raheem Sterling which is not given as a penalty oh yeah um, and then you you know you sneeze on Salah or you look at him crooked and he's down like a bag of potatoes um Chris Sutton picked up on it uh, in the media. He's the only one I noticed that did. Um, but I was listening to the Liverpool game on Sky, and Merson was doing the commentary, and he said, "No, he's just gone down in the box. He's not been touched. He's just gone down in the box." Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the, well, it's like going back go back to April, you know, when we were playing them in the Champions League. It's you know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Well, you know, in another world, it's called cheating.
1: Yes, um, I mean, one person that uh, that also we mentioned in the last podcast that uh, certainly noticed was uh, Mark uh, Klattenberg ex-referee and of course he said quite tellingly that the sign of a diver is that when you genuinely get knocked your hands don't go up behind your head they go down to break your fall and he said that if you notice in the last 3-4 Liverpool games when Salah gets touched in the box, his arms go up and back You know, almost like um, it's just ridiculous over exaggeration. I'm happy actually now, David, because he's got a bit of a name for himself. So, you know, referees will be on notice about, you know, what what he gets up to. But um, that's only good, only good news for us.
2: You've got to hope so, but, you know, it, we, it's not the first time it's been mentioned. And yep. yet it seems to be happening more and more. And it only takes the bucket. Go, go back to the uh, 2011-12 season. Ashley Young did it twice oh, yeah. in successive successive home games. Uh, and the clamour from the I mean, a Red-centric press as well. The clamour from that And uh, Ferguson had to take him to one side And have a word with him about it uh, Because it was too obvious not, mm. not don't do it but It's just too obvious I think it's uh, the, the way I mean say Klopp Is the perfect fit for Liverpool Because you know He has a, an attitude as well And it's like whatever it takes It doesn't matter You know It's wonderful It's marvellous it, for, for me I, I, I wouldn't do it I mean Raheem Sterling Had started to get a bit of a reputation To me sometimes unfairly but it's, I think back to the game at Southampton when Zinchenko touched Ward-Prowse. A lot of referees would have given that, but I think Ward-Prowse made such a song and dance about it and made such an exaggerated fall, the referee wasn't buying it. With, with Salah, it's just, of you know, the referees maybe have an instruction that says uh, what you're going to do. You know, this, go right back before the even started, Scudamore says he didn't want to see another procession to the title.
1: Yeah, that's a ridiculous comment to make, isn't it?
2: Yeah, well, I don't, I don't recall him complaining when United were winning three on the trot. Guys,
1: I think we'll probably leave it there. There you've had it. Right in the middle of this podcast, we found out our opponents. So it's Manchester City against Chelsea in the League Cup final. We're off for all on our next game to Burnley to try to secure another final. It's been absolutely wonderful to discuss this. And uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll we'll just leave it here for the time being, David. I just want to, uh, I don't want to finish without thanking you very much for your time. Thanks a lot for coming on. You're very welcome. Quite nice, just the two of us now, instead of uh, yeah. all these competing voices, isn't it? Uh, thank you very much to David for coming on. We'll be back with you after the next game. So until then, as we always say, have one of us and up the blues.
2: I'm Victoria Gregory, and you've been listening to the Bolt from a Blue podcast. I love it's geeky.